Good morning, everyone. I want to start by expressing my deepest concern for every parent, every grandparent, and family member, and of course, to the many children affected by the E. coli outbreak. This trying time has undoubtedly brought with it challenges and heartache for many families. I know there are no words that I can offer that will change that feeling of powerlessness and fear that some parents are feeling. What I can say, though, is that we have the best frontline workers in the whole world working here in our healthcare system in Alberta, and they are doing everything they can to help. I have been personally, personally monitoring closely this quickly evolving situation and have received daily updates. And while our frontline workers are caring for these symptomatic and sick children, our public health experts are investigating to determine what happened and how to stop an outbreak of this magnitude from ever, ever happening again. That work is underway, and we are working with Alberta Health Services to determine the exact source of the contamination. We know that the source is very likely linked with the shared kitchen, but we do not know what in the kitchen caused it at this time. This information will be an important piece to the puzzle on how to move forward. We will wait to see what the results of the Folsom investigation reveals. And as of this morning, there is a new report, now online, based on what inspectors found last week. Dr. Joffe will be speaking more to this very shortly. I want to emphasize that the investigation remains ongoing and we have not reached a full understanding of what occurred to cause this outbreak. We will share further information when it is available. I can assure everyone that we are committed to getting to the very bottom of this. And I will do whatever it takes to ensure the health and safety of all children in Alberta. And I really can't stress that enough. As a mother and a grandmother, I know this situation is a parent's worst nightmare. And rest assured, our health system will be there for the children and their families every step of the way. I want to end by expressing my sincere gratitude to our exceptional frontline staff at the Alberta Children's Hospital, the Peter Lougheed Centre and South Health Campus, and all the others who have been directly helping all of the sick children and their families get through this very difficult time as best as possible. On behalf of all Albertans, thank you. And I would now like to turn it over to Minister Turton to say a few words. Well, thank you very much, Mr. LaGrange, and good morning, everyone. I would like to begin by speaking directly to the families impacted by this devastating E. coli outbreak. I cannot imagine the stress that you are experiencing or the worry that you are facing today. Know that all Albertans, including our government, are here to support you. As a parent myself, and having gone through the daycare system, I know that having seriously ill children is every parent's worst nightmare. Like Minister LaGrange, I too would like to take a moment to express my utmost appreciation to the frontline healthcare workers who are working tirelessly during this time. It's not easy watching your child go through such a difficult and scary experience. 
And let me be clear, the safety and well-being of children attending childcare programs and all children is a top priority for this government. We will continue to work closely with Alberta Health Services as they continue to investigate this outbreak. And I understand that parents are concerned. And that's why Minister LaGrange and I are conducting a full investigation of this outbreak. We, we need to do everything we can to prevent this from ever happening again. And I want to assure you that child care in Alberta is safe and of the highest quality. We have a robust legislation in place that includes strict licensing requirements. Our licensing staff are equipped with the tools and authority to license, inspect, investigate, and use enforcement actions when necessary to ensure that the health, safety, and well-being of children. With the approval of Alberta Health Services, and as long as both the children and staff remain healthy and those, re those re requiring testing continue to test negative, we are expecting impacted childcare programs will soon be able to safely reopen their doors and return to full capacity. Both AHS and licensing staff have been working with programs to ensure that they have the supports and measures required to safely reopen. The child care licensing team will meet with Fueling Brains this afternoon about the outbreak and their plans going forward. Again, my heart goes out to all the children and families who have been impacted, and I wish them all a full and speedy recovery. At this point, I'd like to turn it over to Dr. Joffrey for some reports or remarks. Thank you, Minister Turton, and good morning, everyone. On September the 4th, Alberta Health Services declared an E. coli outbreak in the Calgary Zone. This was prompted by a noticeable increase in young children coming to the emergency departments in the city with gastrointestinal complaints including bloody diarrhea. This occurred, of course, over the long weekend in September. The emergency department physicians were very astute and quickly recognized, <coughs> excuse me, quickly recognized that something unusual was happening. And they reached out to the medical officer of health on call and to the team. And from there, it was quickly determined that the cases that they were seeing were linked to daycare centers. And in turn, those daycare centers were linked to one centralized kitchen. The kitchen was closed and an investigation began immediately. I want to emphasize that this decisive, quick and prudent action has almost certainly prevented even more people from becoming ill. Since then, our teams have been fighting this outbreak on two fronts. First, at our hospitals, and in particular, Alberta's Children's Hospital and the Peter Lougheed Centre. Our physicians, our nurses, our lab staff, and other frontline providers are all working around the clock to provide the very best care to their patients. This has not been easy. The age of the children, the severity of the illness, the numbers involved have all made this extremely challenging. But these incredible healthcare heroes have gone above and beyond to help these children get better. 
and to reassure and support the concerned and scared parents and families beside them. On the other front, our public health physicians, inspectors, and the entire public health team continue to investigate the cause of this outbreak, to work with those who have become ill, to analyze incredibly large volumes of information, and to ensure that everything possible is done before these daycares can safely reopen. Now, I want to be absolutely clear that this has been an extraordinary outbreak, both in terms of the numbers and the severity. It is certainly the largest E. coli outbreak in Alberta that I'm aware of, and it's particularly serious given that it has largely impacted young children who are at most risk of severe outcomes. Let me give you just a sense of some of the work that's going on behind the scenes. Our public health inspectors have collected samples of 11 food types that were found in the centralized kitchen, and they've collected samples of eight leftover food samples that were available from the childcare sites. These samples are being tested in the AHS public health laboratory. At the same time, food histories are being collected from people who attended or who worked in those childcare sites who became ill, as well as from a sample of people who did not become ill. And looking carefully at the differences between those two groups can help to provide an indication of what the likely source of infection was. A detailed analysis of the epidemiological data, the time, the place, the person, uh, of, of how this outbreak has evolved is also providing us with some clues. This includes the timing of symptom onset, as well as differences in the type of food prepared, delivered, and provided to those sites that had higher rates of infection versus those that had relatively few or even no cases of infection. The AHS Public Health Laboratory is also conducting whole genome sequencing on the E. coli samples that have come from those who have been ill with the illness. They're comparing that whole genome sequence to that of other outbreaks that have occurred nationally and internationally. Now, I want to emphasize that this is a routine part of modern investigation. This is part of our due diligence. We have no indication that the outbreak occurring in Calgary is linked in any way to any other site, but that is part of the investigation. Based on the epidemiology of the cases that we've seen to date, it seems highly likely that the source of the outbreak is food that was distributed from the central kitchen. This kitchen remains closed and will only reopen once we are absolutely satisfied that it is safe. As Minister LaGrange has mentioned, an inspection took place immediately after the kitchen was closed. Now, AHS routinely inspects all food-permitted facilities. Thorough inspections are generally conducted at least once per year, with risk management inspections conducted to follow up on any violations that might have been found. Sites that have violations are visited more often. Food facility inspections are an important process in protecting the health of Albertans. These inspections allow for close engagement and education 
of the operators. Collaboration with the operators ensures that best practices are in place, while ultimately the operators remain accountable for their facilities. The inspections also allow for identifications of risks and, as necessary, escalation of enforcement to ensure that best practices are followed. Now, due to the vigilance of our public health inspectors, it is not unusual for violations to be found during an inspection. The public health inspector considers the responsiveness of the operator, the willingness to address any issues that might have been found, along with the specifics of the violation when conducting their overall risk assessment. Now, moving back to this facility in question, this kitchen was inspected five times this year with the latest inspection taking place on September the 5th, immediately following the proactive closure of the kitchen. Prior to the closure, the facility had last been inspected in April 2023. Two infractions were found at that time, and they were immediately corrected. As of the end of April 2023, there were no violations that existed in this kitchen. However, three critical violations were identified during the inspection a week ago. And these violations related to food handling, sanitation, and pest control. There were also two non-critical violations that were identified related to an odor in the kitchen as well as the storage of some utensils. Now this information altogether is part of the ongoing investigation. The report has been posted. It is available on the AHS Environmental Public Health website, as are inspection reports for all food permitted facilities. Finally, and most importantly, I want to add my voice to the Minister's message, and I want to express my thoughts to the, the parents and the families of the children involved in this outbreak. This has been an extraordinarily difficult and challenging time, and I just can't imagine, as a parent myself, what parents are going through. And I wish only the best for them, for their children, and for their families. I want to assure them that they are in good hands. Our health care teams are the best in the world, and I know that they will do all that they can to care for your kids. I want to reassure parents as the closure orders are rescinded for the seven impacted childcare facilities that it is safe to send your children back. On the public health side, we will continue to do all that we can do to investigate what happened here, to understand what happened, how it happened, and most importantly, what needs to be done differently, and we will implement any changes that are necessary to ensure that the health of our children, our families, and all Albertans is safe. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jaffe. Um, we'll now move into the, the Q&A portion. Um, joining the minister and doctor, ministers and Dr. Jaffe is Dr. Tanya Principi, section, section chief of the Pediatric Emergency Medicine Alberta's Children's Hospital, and Dr. Franco Rizzuti, the medical officer of health in the Calgary zone. We'll, set, we'll start with the mic and then we'll move to the phones. 
Hi there. Um, for whoever wants to take the question, this is Sarah Off in Global News. Um, specifically, we're, we're hearing concerns from parents who are saying, um, why wasn't this called an E. coli break sooner? They received notice on Sunday night uh, that this was being called a gastrointestinal infection. Um, I'm wondering, when did um, the province know and understand that this was an E. coli infection? We, we understand that tests were coming back as early as Sunday morning. Um, when did the province understand this was an E. coli infection? And um, perhaps why wasn't that information given out sooner? I think the short answer to that question, and thank you for it, is that is, as, uh, as soon as E. coli was identified as the source of infection for the children who were presenting to emergency departments, the outbreak was declared and immediate action was taken. There had been some children in a, in a couple of days prior to the uh, onset of the outbreak being declared that had diarrheal illness that was non-bloody diarrhea. That, and at that point, there was no causative organism that had been identified. But as soon as children presented, samples were taken and E. coli was identified, the outbreak was declared and sites were closed. Did you have a follow-up? Yeah, I'm just wondering what kind of consequences then um, would follow from the kind of citations that you listed, the, the critical violations that were found in this case. So Alberta Health Services conducts something like 41,000 inspections per year. All food-permitted sites are inspected. It's actually unusual to have a completely clean inspection. Our inspectors are extremely diligent, and they uh, almost always will find something that can be improved. And so they work very closely with the operators, and uh, the, the inspections are first and foremost an educational opportunity. They work very closely with the, with the operators. They remediate uh, violations, and the violations can range from a fairly minor issue to, of course, a critical issue. If it is a critical issue that threatens the health and safety uh, of individuals consuming the food, then, then immediate action is taken. But most times the infractions are not of that degree, and uh, the inspectors work very closely with, uh, with the operators to try to remediate as quickly as possible, and often the, the issues can be remediated at immediately or certainly within the course of a day. Again, it varies depending on the nature of the incident, but the, uh, the, uh, the inspectors work closely, collaboratively, uh, in order to ensure that uh, whatever violations are found are addressed and, and to try to, uh, to help the, the operator open their business or continue their business uh, as appropriate. Great. Next question at the mic. Uh, hi, Austin Lee, CTV News. Um, just wondering, we've heard talk about making sure this never happens again. Is, is there any concrete change that people, parents can expect in terms of uh, what happens when there's violations or regulations around food safety? Will this spark concrete change? We still need to learn from this incident. We, do, we have not found the source of the infection. Um, we continue to work on that, and we are optimistic that by the time the investigation is complete, we will have a much better sense for exactly what happened, why it happened, and then what needs to be done to prevent it. We have very good standards for food handling, and we uh, provide guidance. There is uh, certainly guidance out there that we can refer you to if you'd like. Um, and, and again, exactly what happened in this situation, that's a, a matter that's under active investigation. 
And a follow-up? Yeah, just as a follow-up, I spoke uh, last week with a gentleman from the Canadian Food Safety Group. He expressed concerns that there's only a need, a requirement legally to have one individual in a kitchen that is properly certified for food safety. Is that something that the province or uh, AHS may consider changing? I think we will take back all of the learnings from this outbreak and we will have to consider what is necessary in order to prevent future recurrences. Yep, next question. Hey, it's uh, Aaron Collins with CBC National News. So, Dr. Jaffe, you've done a good job of sort of outlining how serious this outbreak has been. We've got, you know, a couple hundred infections. We've got dozens of kids that have been in the hospital. Um, you've also sort of outlined that, you know, you've got thoughts and you're thinking about the families. Minister LaGrange, you've done the same thing. It's been a week, right? So can you explain to those parents who have kids in hospitals why it's taken the chief medical officer of health and the Minister of Health a week to even address this publicly? That's a question for both the Minister and the Chief Medical Officer. So there have been daily communications, and uh, as we've been collecting... Specifically for you, for you guys. Um, I think, again, this, is, uh, this has been an investigation that's been ongoing. There have been daily reports coming from Alberta Health Services. Uh, Minister LaGrange and myself have been following this extremely closely, and uh, it... Uh, at this point, we felt that it, it, it was prudent and, uh, and appropriate for us to appear here and to, to speak to Albertans and to answer your questions. But uh, we didn't feel that there was urgency to do that up until this point. And a follow-up? I'll just... Or Minister. Minister's response. <clears throat> Extremely serious case. Um, I'm a mother myself, grandmother. Anyone who's had to sit at the bedside of a really sick child knows how devastating this is. And so from the very beginning, we've been monitoring it, as, as, uh, as Dr. Jaffe has said, I've, and I said earlier, been getting daily updates, uh, wanting to really make sure that AHS was focused on what they needed to do. And so AHS has been focused on making sure they provide excellent care to our children, to those children that have been most affected in their families and also on the investigation side. So we've been mobilizing all of the uh, necessary um, components so that the work can be done. And we wanted to make sure when we came out, we had some information to share. And so we, we now seem to have more information that is worth sharing. But uh, honestly, this has been, from the very beginning, just heartbreaking. Do you agree with Dr. Jaffe that it wasn't urgent for you to speak to these parents? I, I believe what Dr. Jaffe meant was that it has been urgent from the very, very beginning, and it is continues to be urgent until every single one of those children are, um, are home and safe with their families um, and progressing well, then we won't stop. And, and the other part to this is the investigation. We need to find out exactly what happened because, of course, we have children in child care spaces right across the province, right across the country. Um, there are food programs not only in our child care spaces, but also, um, you know, there are hot meal lunches that are served every day in our schools. I was the Minister of Education. I know we have over 2,600 schools. So we have to come get down to the root cause of what the problem was, figure it out, and then make sure that it never happens again and utilize all of the, um, all of the opportunities and technologies that are out there to help, that, help us in that fight. 
Thank you, Mr. We're just going to move to the phones. Operator, can you I'll put to the next first question? You, I'll just take my follow-up. You, you spoke about how you, you're going to get to the bottom of this, right, and, and how you're going to make sure that it doesn't happen again. It's been a week. Why would anyone be confident that you're going to get to the bottom of it? You still don't know what caused this, and how would anyone be confident that you're going to be able to prevent it moving forward? Because these are very complex investigations um, uh, conducted by people that have experience, as Dr. Jaffe pointed out. There are numerous tests. Um, that are involved. There's uh, very thorough investigations. Um, I will turn it over to Dr. Jaffe to give you more of an explanation on that. But, but these are very complex, and so we have to make sure that we actually determine what, what the problem was and then move forward to correct it. But was there anything you'd like to add? Thank you, Minister. Only that this is an ongoing, very complex investigation that does take time. Thank you. Uh, we're just going to move to the phones real quick. Operator, can you put through the first caller? Hi. Um, so in the inspection reports, it it seems like there were some of the same critical violations repeated, like zero parts per million in the dishwasher and um, disinfectant. It would be corrected when the inspector was on site, and then a few, min few months later, the same violation would pop up. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, is that something that needs to, to change when we've seen the same violations repeated again and again and again? I don't have the full details in front of me of uh, the various different inspections. What I have been advised is that the uh, violations that were found typically were different from one inspection to the next uh, and that uh, there were no critical violations uh, during the earlier investigations or inspections and that only the most recent inspection has had critical violations that were flagged. Thanks, Catherine. Do you want to follow up? Yeah, and I'm, I guess I'm hoping to get a more sense of the severity of HUS in children. Like, what does, what does the treatment require? Are we talking um, dialysis, blood transfusions? Will children need organ transplants, what are, what are the risks and severities in children this young? So I'm going to ask Dr. Principe, who's a, a pediatric emergency physician from the Alberta Children's Hospital, to speak to that. Yeah, thank you for that question. And it's definitely, I think, on a lot of parents' minds as they're kind of navigating what's going on and worried that their child may go on to develop HUS. HUS, like many other infections, has a widespread of presentations. Some children may have mild symptoms of easy bruising, bleeding, and need extra hydration and support and close monitoring. To what you're hearing is that we have children who may go on to need dialysis and support or may have more um, challenges with effects to other organs related to this. So it can be quite a widespread uh, of complications that we see with HUS. Thank you. Operator, do you want to put through the next caller? Colleen Underwood, CBC. Hi. Uh, the first question I had was, um, what does this latest report tell you? Like, how is this painting a picture for investigators? And I'm not sure who can answer that. So I'll try to address that. So the latest report uh, is, is a flag. Uh, it certainly highlights that there were 
some critical issues at, on the day of the inspection. Uh, it's only part of the big picture. We don't, we, I would not directly link it to the ongoing outbreak that we are investigating, although certainly it is part of the information that we will consider. Did you want to follow and are up? You able to, yeah, are you able to, you said you don't know the exact cause, but are you able to talk a bit about what could be causes? Could it be the handler had been contaminated? Could it have been a source of food? Can you just talk a bit about what could be the cause? So these outbreaks of uh, shiga toxin-producing E. coli uh, most commonly involve a food source. Occasionally it can come from contaminated water, potentially unpasteurized milk, but most commonly a food source. Um, ultimately, it's almost always linked back to contamination from cattle at some point along the way, and that can happen in a variety of ways. This, the, or the E. coli organism is a, is a normal inhabitant of the, the, uh, the cattle intestine, and at some point along the process, it can either contaminate the food or, or, not, uh, or if the food uh, itself is not cooked to a high enough temperature, the bacteria may not be eradicated, or alternatively, in fact, uh, in a fairly common scenario that uh, uh, those involved in food safety are well aware of is that there's the potential for dealing, for example, with a, a meat product on a cutting board, for example, uh, and, and then the meat product is uh, put on a grill or into the oven and it's cooked and the bacteria is killed because a high enough temperature is reached. The challenge is the cutting board can be contaminated. And then when you prepare lettuce or vegetables or fruit on that cutting board, you can then cross-contaminate some other food stuff. So this, again, is a, a well-known phenomenon and, and one of the, the key features in food safety is to try to prevent that from happening. So there are a number of potential uh, issues that are currently under investigation. Again, there are a number of foodstuffs that were collected from the central kitchen as well as from some of the affected daycares. Those are undergoing processing in our provincial laboratory. And to date, there have not been any positive samples reported, but some of that work is ongoing. Okay, thanks. We'll move back to the room with the first, next question at the mic. Hi, Mike. My question's for Minister LaGrange, and it's uh, off topic, but I do have a follow-up that is on topic. So my first question is, your relative, Monique LaGrange, made an Instagram story comparing uh, teaching students about pride to Nazi indoctrination. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, I released a statement. I, I do not support the statements that were made by this individual. This individual is the, well, let me see, my husband's second cousin's wife, uh, a distant relative. Um, that being said, I am here today to talk about children who are seriously ill as a result of an E. coli breakout. And so I think we have to, uh, you know, as Minister of Health, my, my focus is on ensuring that every child in this province is well looked after and in a safe environment. And my second question is, various daycares have started to reopen over the outbreaks. What's it going to take, uh, what did it take for them to get the status to reopen again? And that would be a question for Dr. Jaffe. So every indication that we have to date is that the source of the outbreak, although we can't identify the precise source, but it almost certainly originated from the central kitchen and likely was foodborne. 
which is how the, how, how the number of daycares that, uh, that were involved became involved. So because it was almost certainly food-borne, there's no reason to think that there's ongoing risk or contamination in the daycare sites. Those sites have all now undergone a thorough, deep cleaning and disinfection, and again, uh, with the removal of any of the contaminated, potentially contaminated food sources, there is no reason to believe that there should be any ongoing risk, and those daycares are now safe to reopen. Okay, thank thank you. you. Next question at the mic. Colette Doors from the Canadian Press. Um, could you just give me a timeline on how soon you expect this investigation to be done into um, what happened here? And, uh, and I think that we've heard in the past that, uh, that the reason we don't think it's um, outside of the daycare prep facility is that there's no other general public that are coming in with these symptoms? Or if you so, could just explain that. Sure. So we do see this, this strain of E. coli uh, we see it every year. We see a certain number, perhaps 200 to 300 a year in the province. So that on its own is not unusual. Um, however, uh, what is unusual, obviously, is this what we call a point source outbreak. So there appears to have been a sudden outbreak involving a large number of children that all seem to link back to a central kitchen and the likely the food that came from that central kitchen. Although exactly what item, how it happened, is that's what's under investigation. Now there are a number of steps that are involved in the investigation. Some of them I've already alluded to. Uh, so collecting food samples that might be available. Now remember this all began before a long weekend. By the time the, the outbreak was identified on the long weekend, the inspectors immediately visited right after the long weekend, as soon as the outbreak was declared and the kitchen was closed. But again, uh, all that they have access to is food samples that still remain in the kitchen and similarly in the daycares. They visited daycares with sick children. They collected food samples. But all that they can collect are the samples that are still remaining. So those samples are sent to our provincial laboratory where they are tested for contamination with E. coli. As I've mentioned, there are no positive results to date. At the same time, an important part of a, uh, a foodborne outbreak is to talk to people to find out what did they eat, try to understand what did people who became sick eat versus those who did not become sick. Now, this is highly complicated in this situation because we're obviously talking about very young children. Trying to understand what those children might have eaten a week ago or two weeks ago obviously is challenging, uh, but uh, that is part of a, a routine part of a foodborne outbreak investigation. That takes a considerable period of time. It's ongoing. Uh, I can't tell you how, how much longer it will take, but that uh, those, those uh, questionnaires and, and surveys are, are ongoing. Let's give you a quick follow-up. Just to, yeah, just to flag that 945 is a hard stop for our doctor, so we'll just have okay. maybe one question from That's the That's who I was going to ask the next yep. question. If we could just yep. get a bit of a medical update. How are things looking in the hospital? Um, what, what types of treatments are the patients undergoing, those kinds of things? Just kind of where are we at in terms of medical care? Yeah, absolutely. So again, um, you know, we know it's very challenging for all these families. And for us, we've seen a huge influx of patients requiring care and getting tests to closely monitor. But at the same time, we've seen very innovative strategies, both at Alberta Children's Hospital and across the city, to really manage this large volume of patients requiring close monitoring. So we've set up clinics, the largest one being at Alberta Children's Hospital, specifically to allow follow-up, because these children are kneeling 
needing daily blood work, and we want to make sure that they don't have to go through the busy emergency department and have long waits on top of what they're already managing and dealing with. So we've set this up in a new innovative space and had significant frontline staff uh, step up to take on additional shifts to staff this and manage this. So we've done that. We've had also additional clinics and follow-up clinics, both at South Health Campus as well as Peter Lahi, to try and just manage this increasing number. We want every patient uh, or every child that's been identified as having the infection get blood work and screened for potential complications. We've seen, as you see the daily numbers, that a subset of those have gone on to have more serious complications that we call HUS. And so those have required admission to hospital. Um, As I noted, some of those are there for fluids. With vomiting, diarrhea can be hard to keep up, and so they'll need IV fluids. Some have required transfusions, as it can cause a drop in their hemoglobin and cause anemia. And we've had a small subset that have gone on to require dialysis. Great. Thank you, sir. We're going to have to end it there. Um, For any additional follow-up, my name and numbers at the bottom of the news release that's went out. Thank you to the ministers and to the doctors for your time today.